Hello, this is Joshua Bell with Kilt in the Cloth. This was my sermon from September 18th, 2022, entitled, Those Who Are in Authority, based off of the scripture of 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1-7. through I hope you enjoy, and God bless. My scripture this morning is taken from 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1-7. through 7. I invite you to follow along as I read aloud, but it's fascinating to me in the sense of, as we read this, this is written to an audience of the first century. And it's fascinating in the sense that the very first thing that it does is it encourages us to be praying for our leaders, for those that might be in authority. Hear now these words of scripture as we read them aloud. First of all, then, I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving should be made for everyone, for kings and all who are in high positions, so that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and dignity. This is right and is acceptable in the sight of God, our Savior. Who desires everyone to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth? For there is one God. There is also one mediator between God and humankind, Christ Jesus, himself human, who gave himself a ransom for all, and this was attested at the right time. For this I was appointed a herald and an apostle. Now this part interesting because it's literally written there I am telling the truth I am not lying a teacher of the Gentiles in faith and truth may God bless bless the reading of God's holy scripture amen this is one of the more memorable passages in first Timothy it's one of those passages that talks about uh, how the instructor, uh, the readers are instructed to pray for those in authority since their decisions have direct impact on the proclamation of the gospel and the safety of those who proclaim it. Let me explain that a little bit differently. You don't live in the first century. No matter how hard we want to try, the people that are hearing this have a different concept of authority. These people are struggling to find food. They're struggling to find shelter. And yet, as they meet in each other's homes and talk about their faith, there is the fear that somebody might look at them as insurrectionist groups, as something bad that is happening. And they could be arrested and killed right on the spot. So when he's talking about praying for those that are in authority, it is nothing like our Western democratic understanding of life and politics. This is completely the first century. The end of result of this is, is that Paul is encouraging them to pray for kings and emperors. And people in high positions. So that, as he puts it, that we may lead a quiet 
and peaceful life in all godliness and dignity. And then, of course, Paul has to acclaim himself. And I am the herald and an apostle. I wouldn't lie to you. I'm telling you the truth. God made me this way as a teacher and a preacher to the Gentiles. It's, uh, it's hard to do that, to separate ourselves from the first century because of the world that we live in. The writer describes four terms of how we pray, how we should pray for our leaders, and I would argue for the ways of anybody that is an authority. For example, he says we should pray with supplications. We should pray and for intercessions and thanksgivings. One of our earliest church writers in that I'm talking big C church Christianity origin writes that Christians are called to a make earnest requests for amid personal needs. When things are going bad in my life, God, please help me in this moment. This is his interpretation of Paul's writings. Second, he says to make humble entreaties for whatever is beneficial. God, if this is your will for me to do it for your glory, I will. So pray for me. Pray for this moment. To pray for others, he says, to offer petitions or intercessions. The Greek word for us is endotuxius, which is to pray for each other as needs are perceived which is what we just did right before I started preaching. And then the last one that Origen talks about is giving thanks. And again, for us that just kind of like the Greek stuff, this is that Eucharistus word. This is that moment that we create of giving thanks that ultimately creates communion in the Big C Church, which leads us into the discussion of Thankfulness at our table for the gift of Jesus, our Savior. You see, when you pray this way, it keeps us from being myopic in our praying. Since Christ offered himself up for all, so the church's prayers are lifted up for all. And not just for the needs of our community, you see, but for the needs of others that we don't even know. This passage implies and suggests that we need to become aware of our own world events and leaders so that we can pray with some level of authentic awareness and larger viewpoint than just those that are in our pews or that come through the walls of our building. It puts a different perspective of those who are in authority those that are in charge, those that make the decisions about the life of the church or the community of faith. I think one example that I got from Randy Quinn that I wanted to share with you is this, uh, he talks about in one of the churches where he knew a friend of his served, there was, this, there was a story heard time and time again about a 
a coffee pot that had disappeared from the kitchen. You know, it was, it was one of those practically brand new coffee, coffee pots, but it just simply disappeared. One group of the church will say, one group of the church, I'm not going to name them, especially, but not solely, were the most vocal about their complaints. Some were convinced it was the pastor at the time who took it home. Others was convinced, uh, were convinced it was one of the many groups who used the church for various activities. Still others, you see, could name names of people they were convinced had taken the coffee pot. Now the coffee pot divided the congregation. Some were willing to write it off just for the sake of community. Others were adamant that the sinner should be named and punished. One person who was just tired of the discussion, it's a coffee pot, just simply purchased another one. But you all know how this went. This did not stop the conversation. It was a sore subject, and it came up every time there was a discussion about purchasing new equipment in the church. How can we make sure it stays in the church? Will it be safe? You remember that coffee pot? And often there were glares in the direction of whomever that particular person thought had taken it. So what does the church do? Well, locks were added to the kitchen cabinets, limiting access. Rules were instituted about who could use the kitchen and when. The entire congregation was affected as more locks were installed and more rules were made. The Sunday school teachers had a hard time getting supplies for their classrooms as more and more people became suspects. The church was divided over this stolen coffee pot. Newcomers, including the current pastor, found themselves in the curious position of not wanting to take sides to support people on both sides of the discussion and trying to figure out how to convey God's love that covered all sin, including the sin taking a coffee pot. Most people who visited once quietly slipped away. It was clear that God was not being honored there. Rather, that sin had become the focus. A couple of years later, the coffee pot, get ready, was discovered in, brace yourselves, in the kitchen cabinet. It was hiding there this whole time behind a large supply of styrofoam cups. It had been there all along. No one had taken it. No one had borrowed it. No one had even noticed it. But the damage of the accusations took a long time to repair. You see, even being placed in authority over something as small as a coffee pot can cause this gigantic, rift within people. It can cause problems in such a way that as, as minuscule as a coffee pot would be, this is not what Paul is expecting of his leaders in authority. We are to be praying people. We are to be making earnest requests in the midst of our personal needs we are to be making humble entreaties for whatever is beneficial for the glory of God. 
to offer petitions and intercessions for each other as needs are perceived, and to give thanks for blessings that had been received, even coffee pots. It's important for us to be praying for our leaders, both our spiritual and our worldly leaders, that we can relate to. As Paul is challenging the first century church to be praying for people that literally looked at the ones that are praying as flies to be shooed away. You're being invited to be praying for those leaders where your voice matters. Where your love matters. The compassion that you have for humankind should matter. And you have been given that authority and all things in the name of God the Creator, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. You are the vessel of God's love and hope in the world, and you have authority over all things of heaven and earth to share that love. And the thing that we need to remember as heralds of this love and compassion is to be praying, to be giving supplications, to be giving prayers be interceding our love for others and giving thanks to God for all of the blessings in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.